it started as a question. God, you created marriage. Can you make it work? Soon became a statement. God, you created marriage. You can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome to another episode of Christian Family Life Podcast. This is Gio and Susie Urena at the studio in um, Burkdale, North Carolina. And joining us today is the president of Christian Family Life, Roland and Tammy Martinez. And um, today we're not going to spend a whole lot of time finding out about you since we already did a podcast on that, Roland and Tammy. And so I think today we want to jump into some content and some uh, some things that we feel are driving force for Christian Family Life. So we're going to talk today about a term that we use frequently with to becoming one, whether it's in small groups or retreats that we do or leadership trainings that we do. And that term is faith love. But before I ask you, Roland, to give a broad, and Tammy, to give a broad overview of that, can you differentiate for us Christian family life and two becoming one? Because I think sometimes people use them interchangeably, but there's a distinct a distinction between the two. And if you could just share with us in your descriptions of faith love. Yeah, for sure. And even before I do that, I'd say I'm really excited about these conversations that we're going to have uh, between couples like us and even inviting other couples in, because it's as we share our story and where those biblical principles intersect that we begin to really look through the lens of two becoming one and work through faith love. And we find that there are so many great conversations and you're a few minutes into the conversation and you think, wow, this, this would really benefit uh, a lot of people if they could listen to it. And, and I'm not just talking about what we would say. I'm talking about uh, Gio and Susie. I'm sure you could speak to it too, is you're facilitating a small group and a couple is sharing their story and you're thinking, I want to record that couple because other people need to hear what they just shared. Yeah, you know, it's so true. We we were just uh we were just in a study on Saturday with some people in the South Charlotte area. And Susie um Tammy knows this. Susie has like 15 different color pens that uh she's <laughs> always writing stuff. And um our leader guide that we have for the uh, two becoming one material um, is color coded now because of all the classes that we have taught that somebody has shared an insight that they received from the scriptures that maybe we hadn't talked about, but it kind of jumped out at us. And then so Susie always writes and jots those things down in the, uh, in the book, because you're right. I mean, God reveals different things to different people along the way. And so we're, we're not the experts, um, and so we're, we're always learning as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I love that aspect of what we're going to be doing through the podcast. That being said, to answer the question, Christian Family Life is the umbrella ministry. That's our, our 501c3 that we operate under and thankful for what each of those words represent. We are Christians. We follow Christ. What we talk about is centered on God's word and and biblically saturated because it's really the only way that we'll experience transformation. 
when the Holy Spirit re reveals our need for Jesus, points us to Scripture and God's Word, we're washed in the water of the Word. And so Christian is, is at the forefront. And, and then family. Family is really the, the bedrock of society. And what does family begin with? It begins with a man and a woman. God brings the marriage together. And hence our very la specific laser focus of helping to strengthen marriages and be a voice for how important it is to do more than just respond to crisis in marriage. But, but talk about how important it is for marriages to thrive. There ought to be no there ought to be no healthier perspective or views or healthier relationships in marriage than the ones we experience as Christ followers. And, and I use those words as, uh, and I don't necessarily use the word happy because sometimes there's realities that, that we face in marriage, but even in those tough times, we can still find romance and find joy uh, as we go through the journey and then life that that's where the realities come in. We've, we've got to take steps every day where we're investing in other people and we're living this life. So Christian family life, our umbrella ministry that we operate under, and then to becoming one is the resource. That's the material that we use as the foundational piece, the backbone, so to speak, to fuel marriage discipleship. To put this tool in couples' hands so that we can invest in the lives of other couples and, frankly, be strengthening our own marriages as well. So I hope that that clears things up uh, a little bit for, for those that may have had that question. No, that's fantastic. And, um, you know, we, we look at the material, the two becoming one material, and Christian family life as that umbrella. And we won't do it in this podcast, Roland, but I think in the future – uh, maybe we should do a podcast in regards to the logo of Christian Family Life because there's a lot of meaning within that logo. And you discussed some of it already there in the description of what Christian Family Life. But I think that, you know, sometimes you look at a logo and you just say, oh, that's nice or whatever. But but to find the definition and the meaning behind that logo, uh, we'll save that for another podcast and um, and be able to somehow put it on the screen here. But let's go back to the material because this is uh, the 2B1 resource. Let's, uh, I like that. You know, we'll talk about it as the resource. You know, in, in our ministry, we talk about build, enrich, and reconcile. And we believe that the material that God has given Christian family life through Don and Sally Meredith does just that. I think it builds marriages in regards to premarital. And we do have a premarital resource of um, four questions to, to answer before getting married, and, and Susie and I have used that quite a bit. And then the, the uh, enrich piece is really the strongest piece of the 2B1 material. It's that enriching, moving people from performance to faith. And Susie's going to jump on a question here in just a minute regarding that. But then it's, it's the reconcile piece. I think that the material also touches in the area of reconcile. Because as we build out, as we talk about this blueprint of... Uh, of marriage that God's given us in scripture, we are, we're working through a foundation walls and roof. And that's for another time. We'll save those and we'll keep people intrigued about that. Or they can pick up the book and go through the study themselves this fall. But Susie, you want to go ahead and, and ask the question about uh, that performance and faith? 
Roland, I think you have there on your desk maybe the actual resource in the book, and there's a the statement on the front. Do you want to share with us what the statement is? Because we were talking about it, and a lot of people maybe just brush right over it until you dive deep into the material, and then you kind of have a flashback of, oh, I, I see now. We see that a lot with um, the classes that we teach. You know, we say we're going to move from a performance-based marriage to a faith-based. Oh, okay, come on, let's go. That'll be. And it isn't until you get deep into the material that you realize how impactful that statement really is. So if you want to talk about that specific statement. Yeah, for those that are listening and potentially not watching the podcast necessarily, I am holding up the book, the To Becoming One book that anchors the small group study and complements the workbook that goes along with it. And the subtitle under two becoming one is moving your marriage from performance to faith. And as you alluded to, I think that as believers, primarily diving into the study, the tendency is to gloss over that. And for those who either don't have a relationship with Christ or their relationship is new or somewhat marginal, that probably doesn't have a lot of relevance to them. Because when we think about marriage, we think about how do we communicate better? We think about how do we resolve conflict? We think about our roles. We think about how do we really enjoy uh, romance and intimacy? How do we come together when we're so different? I mean, the list goes on and on. And what happens is when we're so focused on those other things, we begin to create a checklist and we impose this checklist on our spouse that if they check the different boxes, then our relationship is healthy. But if they don't check the boxes, then we begin to get resentful. We begin to get hard hearted. We get dissatisfied. We begin to think I don't need them, or we begin to think I'd be happier without them. And so, your mind starts to go in so many different directions, except moving towards your spouse. And this idea of moving from performance to faith gives us a a lens. It gives us a language to recognize the unrealistic and frankly, even realistic expectations that we impose on our spouse when God doesn't model that at all. What God models for us is an unconditional love. What God models for us is mercy, withholding what we deserve. And it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And so moving from performance to faith means let's really talk about how this is different. And then let's begin to consider the different ways that I can love my spouse by faith that I can demonstrate to my spouse, God loves me this way. And because God loves me this way, I want to love you this way. And there's a great freedom in that. I think it's important to note that sometimes the thought can be, um, as you're striving to move from performance to faith-based, love really isn't, initially, love doesn't seem to be a matter of something that's in question. Well, I'll still love them. I'll I'll always love them. But right now, because they're not performing for me, I'm unhappy with them. 
and and sometimes it's kind of you kind of give yourself a a longer rope there um because your love isn't being called into question i'm just i'm just unhappy mm-hmm. with you right now but in reality uh the end the end result of that is to go to that selfish way of thinking. And so initially, oh, yes, I love them. I just don't like what they're doing is eventually going to lead like those four R's that we've talked about. You know, you start in that romance and then reality hits. It's, it's inevitable. Can't avoid reality. But unless you are intentionally pursuing that romance, you just, it's this easy, slippery slope to resentment and then rebellion. Yeah, and I um, one of the things before we define faith love because I think that's a little bit tougher to do is to define what does faith love mean biblically, you know. Um, but I think before we get to that, Tammy, let's let's look at performance based love, and maybe some examples that you can share with us and share with the audience of what that looks like in in everyday life. And I know that part of your guys' story was rolling coming back and saying, I've been in performance mode. And you said, okay, let's see. <laughs> and then God began that shift and, and both of you guys to move to, so to move to faith, but let's, let's touch on performance first. Yeah. Well, I think essentially it's, it's, um, we're walking around with this report card really, and mm-hmm. we're checking off and we're grading each other on, on, and even though we don't see that, but you know, as a teacher, that's, that's what my major was. And I think that that's what looking back, that's what I did. I, I just I had all off. ends and use <laughs> needs improvement and unsatisfactory. And maybe I had one or two S's sprinkled in there. Yeah. Yeah. You were a good eater. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so when, yeah, I can't deny when, that. Yeah. I'll embrace that. So when, um, like for us, and, and again, we're, we're thinking about this before um, we started this podcast, and, and can we think of um, some examples? And I'm like, well, we have 15 years of examples of performance-based. Um, but I would honestly say that it wasn't all performance-based because, you know, we're strong believers. You know, we went into marriage, strong believers. Both of us got saved when we were young. And so we knew that, you know, our our response to each other is based on our response to the Lord. And we knew that the Lord was working in our lives. It's not like we had shut the Lord out, but when it came down to daily struggles, we would, we would you know, some examples are we compare we compare to other people, other men or their husbands. Oh, he helps out so much more. And why can't you be this way? And, and um, you find things to nitpick about you. You don't, you don't, um, you're not meeting my needs, you know, emotionally, you know, I, um, I remember really feeling strongly Roland poor thing was working. And I was home with, at the time, two of our youngest, two of our, our two oldest who were um, babies and toddlers and um, that he would come home from work and I had been home all day and you know hadn't had a lot of conversation with anybody um, just you know meeting the needs of the kids and and he would come home and I'd ask him about his day and he's exhausted because he had you know he had taught coached 
driven a bus and he's coming home and he was he was done his words were done and Roland has a lot of words and he was done and I remember thinking well he doesn't he doesn't ask about my day you know and so he's not meeting those needs and I remember emotionally being at a place where I was like you know I don't know about this you know we things aren't going well for us and we were like maybe four years into marriage at this point and you know and I, I continued and even though um I felt like spiritually I was drawing from the Lord and and I think that when it came right down to it I was I, my, my relationship with the Lord wasn't what it should be, even though I thought it was at the time. And um, when we start to question God's love for us and we question everybody's love for us. And so, mm. um, so, so those are not respecting him. That was a big one, you know, not having respect for what he does. You know, it wasn't overall in general, but there were days where I said, well, you care more about work than you do about me and, you know, things like that. And so we really, we start to think that we come from, uh, we're performing well and they are not. And so that's where I think that, you know, that defines it in a way to. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I like that report card analogy. Yeah. I, re- I think it really helps, especially the report card of when you were in the younger year, years, the S's and the, you know, because I think A, B, and C, you earn it, but then it's kind of like the other ones are just judging you. <laughs> yeah. I think I think sometimes too, and going back to the early years of marriage, when there's that, you know, lack of maturity that only time brings, really. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I would dive into material that would would instruct me and help me at least that's was the intention to be a better wife. And I know specifically right. just for some examples, specifically one thing <coughs> was when you're, you know, if you're at home and when your husband comes home from work, try not to be on the phone. That was, you know, a, again, a well-intended, I'm sure piece of advice. And so I said, okay, because, you know, and then they go on to give the reasons why um, it shows that, he's the most important thing in your life and you want to give him your attention and you're anticipating, you know, those things. So I was like, okay, I'm going to work on that. But you can imagine how I feel then when he walks in the door and he's on the phone. So I'm not looking at it as, you know, he's taking care of work issues. He's, you know, whatever the case may be, where does my mind automatically go? Well, he doesn't love me. I'm not a priority to him. He's not striving to keep me number one in his life. So it was my, my interpretation projected onto him. And I think that happens a lot in performance. And so there's a lot of miscommunication sometimes even. Yeah. And I think there's also some well-intended phrases out there that we think that sound good, but are, are, are wrong. You know, one of them is, you know, you talk to a couple that's been married 50 years and you ask the question, how did you guys make it to 50 years? And this is what I hear often from the guy, the key to a happy life is a happy wife. And so, you know, where you land on that is performance, right? As long as the husband's performing every day, then she's going to be happy. Well, what happens that day that you have an off day, right? Or you're just tired. You don't want to, you're not, you're done performing. Then you're back in that cycle of unmet expectations, but not to mention how miserable the husband is trying to keep up 
and performing for a happy wife. And so there's, there's got to be something that's a little bit deeper that we can draw from. And I, and I, I want to jump to that because I think this is, the, to me and Susie, based on seven, eight years of us diving into the two becoming one resource, we think that this is the, the heartbeat of what the study is, is trying to get to, is faith love, a faith-based mm-hmm. marriage. And so can you guys define that term and maybe give us some examples and perhaps maybe even take us to Scripture where there's verses that, that draw you to that conclusion that our relationship should be based on faith? Loving by faith it can be somewhat can be somewhat elusive because as we just described, there's a lot of examples we can give of how we go into performance mode. But as believers, we we look to the scripture that says, "Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church." I may be dissatisfied with Tammy's performance and I'll be somewhat resentful of that, but I can potentially feel like I'm being obedient to that scripture because I'm willing to give my life for her. I'm not going anywhere. I love her, but my, my love for her is dependent on what she does and doesn't do for me. And faith, love, completely releases the other person to be loved based on the individual. So in our case, my love for Tammy is not based on me looking at what Tammy does or doesn't do. But my love for Tammy is me looking to the Lord. And as I look to the Lord for the capacity to love Tammy by faith, I realize that some moments require more faith than others. If things are good, then it doesn't necessarily require a lot of faith. When Tammy's having a rough day, or there's things I think she should have done or didn't do, then I'm reminded in that moment, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But we must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the more that I seek the Lord and the closer that I draw to him, then the more capacity I have to love Tammy by faith. And this is a conversation that any facilitators of two becoming one, when you lead a small group, you find yourself continually going back to contrasting faith and performance. It's a little bit like Proverbs where Solomon constantly in writing to his son contrast wisdom and foolishness. Mm. There are so many examples you can give that go back and forth. And in marriage, it's the same way. Performance versus faith. Where was I in performance mode? How can I, how can I love by faith? And specifically, what, what does that really look like? Because I think a lot of people hear that and they think, so it means that I'm going to be 
a, a rug that gets walked all over. Man, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that at all. But we've broken the, the faith love down by saying the F in faith is to forgive. The same way that the Lord forgives me, I'm open-handed, willing to forgive Tammy because we're going to let each other down. <clears throat> the A is to be accepting. We're accepted by God as we are, but he doesn't leave us there. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. And so Tammy and I accept each other, but it doesn't mean we're not going to speak into each other's life to sharpen each other. Mm-hmm. We, we've, all, we've all interacted with those couples where you think, wow, I kind of hope that when they get alone together, that she speaks into his life a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see. So what acceptance does is we don't walk on eggshells with each other. If I do, like I need Tammy, I need her to speak into my life. In fact, as I think about those performance-based years, I think about so many times I wasn't lovable and I really didn't give Tammy permission or a platform to speak into my life. And yet I I desperately needed that. Uh, The I is initiate. I think sometimes we distance ourselves and we become roommates and we wait for the other person to initiate and we lose hours, we lose days, we lose weeks. In extreme cases, people lose years. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate that the average couple who is in crisis typically waits seven years before they finally come and say, we need help. The T is trust. When you can, by faith, trust the other person, that they're going to speak the truth to you in love, that they're, they're not saying things to to hurt you or to attack you. And then the last thing is the Holy Spirit. None of that is natural. So when we wake up in the morning, we depend on the Holy Spirit to help us love by faith. Mm. Throw in one thing here. I know that whenever we facilitate a class, we always try to include the piece. And I feel like it comes up almost every session that, um, when we use these terms, faith, love, and then specifically in the material, there is a question, there's a chapter that talks about the active and reactive force of love as instruments of change that only the Holy Spirit can bring about. And that's the active force of agape love and the reactive force of blessing. I think it's important to note that where we are addressing the material to a, I hate to use the term only healthy marriage, but but whenever there are, ex- ex- in, I can't think of the word. Two goodwill couples. Two like- goodwill, like you have to be at least striving towards the same thing. If there is, if there is any type of, you know, abuse, addiction, or adultery, it's another conversation. And so, so be careful not to take what we say and then perhaps try to apply it to a situation that is an entirely different conversation. And it's a conversation that if it's present in a marriage has to be had. It really has to be had. If those, you know, if those sidebars are going on, you know, you can't just hope to gloss over things. It, it really does take two goodwilled people, you know, some are more challenged than others at how to achieve this oneness that two becoming one talks about. But I just think it's important to note that is in a healthy marriage versus an unhealthy marriage, that's that can be a different conversation. Yeah, one of the things I, um, that we as a ministry do is is point people to counselors, right? 
that that would help out with those situations and um, and not to um, and not to just like Susie said gloss over it, but really attack the source of the issue, which ultimately comes down to you know we we hear this a lot you know it's it's the pride of man you know you go to James chapter four, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Why do you steal and you covet and you kill and you destroy? It's because of the depth of your heart, the sin that's deep down there. And so it, it's funny because of the years that Susie and I have been leading to becoming one classes or small groups, um, it's interesting how many couples come to us and say, at least early on in the class, hey, I thought this was a marriage class because it's more about their relationship with God. And, and if our relationship with God is not where it needs to be, your relationship with your spouse is not going to be where it needs to be. And so that kind of puts that, that focus back on faith love. You know, where are we putting our faith? Are we putting it in our spouse or are we putting it in God? And so I think that, that helps us to, to translate that into what you guys are sharing with us today. We have three minutes. And so um, I'll, I'll, I'll want you guys to close it out with this. Um, what are some practical ways to achieve this in marriage? as a couple, you know, the, the faith love piece. Well, I think as, as a woman and in the book, I just, um, I want to read a little part of it that really, I think sums up as far as a wise woman releases her husband to take leadership by placing her hope in God. And she, she lets him lead and Mm -hmm. she's, And then the scripture under that is gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And that's Proverbs 16, 24. And I think that when, when we, I think a lot of times the, and when we counsel different couples and even when we meet with couples for premaritals, you might see um, the the girl's a little stronger or the woman is a little on the stronger side and, um, and, and the guy's kind of taking the back seat. And I think that that's another part of it when we talk, I mean, it's not just about roles. It's, 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 it's for, for the woman's happiness and, and it, and it's, it's the way God designed it. But um, I think a lot of times the, the woman be able to let her husband take the lead and, and, and encourage him and, and, and take the pressure off yourself to lead because that's not your role. And it's, it's, it's God's design. And that's what make is going to make us happy. (laughs) I mean, really in the end, I mean, that's not what we're after, but that is that when we're walking in the way God has, has, you know, has put in his word, then, then we're going to be happier. We're going to, we're going to be more joyful and our home is going to be, and it says a, a woman who lives by faith and understands these faith principles will have a happy, healthy home and the kids will see it. And there is a, there's a strength to that. And I think a, um, a, um, a settling, you know, when, when things are right, not that there's not going to be off days, not that there's not going to be, but it really is a settling. There's, there's, it's not, you know, your children are looking and wondering what, what's going to happen, knowing, you know, maybe knowing other kids that parents have, have divorced and separated and all of those things. So I think that, you know, faith love is, is regarding the woman's, um, the woman's perspective. It helps to know that. Hmm. 
And I think I'd say this, when we get up in the morning as a believer, we have this perspective, God's mercies are new every morning. We roll out of bed and what we deserve is judgment. And God in his mercy gives us our next breath, gives us the day that he has made to rejoice and to be glad in that. And all too often we spend our days looking at, it could be anybody. Our spouse lets us down. Our children let us down. Our boss is impossible. Our neighbors are annoying. Uh, the people at church aren't, aren't checking in with me. And I just feel like all these relationships that I have and everybody's letting me down. But when we're reminded that God's mercies are new, the focus is on ourselves. And when we look at scripture, we have the mirror of God's word. And the mirror of God's word puts the ownership on us to love unconditionally, to be willing to forgive, to pursue other people, to be able to, to take God at his word. That if I'll allow God's word to bring conviction to my life, that God will bring it back, back to the marriage, that our spouse will respond to being loved. Because when I look at the mirror of God's word, I realize, man, Tammy's love for me, Tammy's respect for me, Tammy's sweet words for me. I don't really deserve that all the time. But yet she gives it to me anyway. And that's a motivator for me to show my appreciation for that. So it's not the absence of performance necessarily, but it's faith that drives the desire to do what scripture says, to consider others better than yourself, to outdo one another in demonstrating love and, and, and acts of service to the other person, but faith drives it. I think one thing that we can all agree on is that we enjoy being the recipient of faith love and and not having to perform you know and and therefore that much more important for us to rely on the power of the holy spirit to be able to offer that to those that we are in relationship but most specifically um our spouse to be able to offer them that faith love and and avoid the performance trap so good, man. Thank you, guys. Um, we're going to close it here, but there's a lot of uh, springboards going on based on even that word faith, Roland, that you use, forgiveness, acceptance, initiate, trust, Holy Spirit. And so those are five other areas we'll touch on. And so um, we're, we're coming at it now with content, information, language, and, um, and culture that we're trying to help to define within the, the aspect of marriage. And so here's a couple of things we want you guys to think about. Marriage discipleship. We want you guys to think of that term. It's not used very often. We hear men's discipleship and women's discipleship, which is very good. But we want, we want our listeners to start focusing on marriage discipleship. How can you be discipled together? Here's another term, which is not, I think we kind of coined it, um, marriage discipler. The word discipler is not really out there, but we'll use it. And that's the individual that's willing to take on the call to go out and share these faith principles and these truths with other people. And so one of the ways that you can uh, get more information in regards to what we're talking about and the resources we're talking about is right on our website at christianfamilylife.com. Go on there, check out the website, check out all the information we have. 
Um, there is a subscribe button to get our newsletter. Continue to follow the podcast. Make sure you follow it. Um, if you want to watch it on YouTube, we have a YouTube channel as well under Christian Family Life. And so well, there's a lot of resources out there. We desire to come alongside you, your church, your community to help strengthen marriages so that it not only is good for you, but it's good for your family, it's good for your community, it's good for your church, and it's good for those globally as we reach out to, to other, other people around the world. Well, thank you, Roland yes. and Tammy. Thank you for your time. Just another episode of Christian Family Life. Join us again next week as we'll have uh, another piece of information to share with you. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, christianfamilylife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember... God created marriage, he can make it work.